Hey everybody, welcome. This is Tavo Creative Leadership, Tavo Creative Ministries. We're out here, here doing our daily thing, the routine, taking it easy, but always hearing from the Lord. I'm reminded that I have been around a people with major ambition, a lot of ambitious people. In DFW, before that, you know, many places have ambition. It can be very healthy, but it can be very awful if it's got unholy law in it or different things, the wrong kind of evil, and really off-centric if they are Christians and not really truly first love, you know, that type of thing. So I was thinking, I'm, I'm liking that too, there are many people in the world, you know, the secular world, the natural world, the Christian world, who stand around the water cooler. They're standing around, they won't take a chance, they're like the herd mentality. The herd mentality means a group that all believes exactly the same. Everybody's the same. They don't have any, you know, person has a different kind of thought or opinion. It's not really wanted allowed. But it can also, they like, those that like the water cooler in ministry, in real life, they like the latest herd. I heard so-and-so about him, about her, especially about the her. I heard this. And they all, yeah, we heard it. You know, we, oh, really? What happened? Tell us what you heard. And that's the awful, clubby, we-centric, you know, the concentric circle is our circle. That is the life that I dread. That is the life that I don't lead. That is the life that's why I'm not in the clubs, in the groups, in the Christian groups and ministries who do this. I am not like that. I was brought up, <laughs> I was brought up to think for myself, but I was brought up that you respect everybody. You never, because it is in the Bible, come from family, grandmothers, aunts, mothers, fathers, nobody gossiped. Nobody believed the evil report. That is a scripture. Do not believe the evil report. Wicked, you know, gossip, hearsay, tail-bearing, all that stuff. I grew up, and it is an anathema to this minister, and always has. It is an anathema to my life. I believe if you're that needy, you're that weak, you're that curious, you're that scandal sheet-oriented, you need to, if you're a Christian, especially a minister, a prophet, a pastor, a minister, anybody, a person like mine, you got to make an appointment officially. If it is your business, that's the secret. Is it in your business? And then if you are a Christian office minister or a person you think is a title, you got to do it Bible to be respectful before the Lord. You know, he's watching. So what you do is you don't take the evil, you don't allow the evil report. You say, no, I don't want to hear because you're looking at the Christ, the Messiah, who came before you, the first real office, the only true prophet, back in Isaiah 11, 2 and 3. It said the Christ would come, the prophecy, and he would be the, as we know, the judge of all times, but he would not accuse or judge. It said he was filled with God's, all of God's seven holy, flaming, flickering spirits, counsel, might, the spirit of the Lord, the holy fear of the Lord, the reverential, true, holy fear of the Lord, and more. All of those would be the book of Acts without tongues, without manifestations, but it would be there in the humble, the humble leader, not the ego, <laughs> not pride in his skill, you know. So he, Isaiah 11, 2 and 3, it says, with the, all those powerful, 
Holy Spirit facets in him the anointing imbued then verse 3 yet he the hand-picked choice the firstborn son the savior he said he would not judge by the sight of his eyes he would instead delight himself in the fear of the lord whoa the holy reverential eternal perspective of all eternity heaven and hell and besides you know he would delight himself in the fear of the Lord as he related. And he would, it, that made him, all those seven spirits of the Lord, with humility and perspective of a holy fear of the Lord, whole counsel, it would make him sharp of discerning, a prophet, prophet of prophets, seer, seer, without turning out to be a jaundiced, sin-spire, Pharisee, accuser. He didn't pervert the holy gift of his Book of Acts Father, Holy Spirit, by using it for himself or to be, you know, an ego. So what Jesus was very careful, he would discern. He could read better than you and eat, but he wouldn't be divining. <laughs> he wouldn't be probing out of curiosity. It would be a free revealed grace. I believe that gift, the seer gift, is a gift, you know, but it's, you can't, you shouldn't make it happen. It comes if you are true and he wants you to know something, he will drop it in your spirit or tell you a little impression over and over to you, pay attention or give you a scripture. He will let you know by the spirit of truth, John sixteen thirteen, the spirit of truth that will guide you into all truth and he won't talk about himself. He'll talk about things to come. John 16, 13, truth, Holy Spirit inside. So we have a picture of Jesus Christ. He wasn't hanging around the water cooler. He wouldn't let the disciples tell him any gossip. Because in verse 3, the Messiah, the apostle of the whole organic work, it said he would delight himself in the fear of the Lord. He would not judge by the sight of his eyes. He would not make decisions based on what he heard. He didn't have the herd mentality. He respected everyone and wanted people to learn how to hear and depend upon the Lord for themselves when they were there with him and without him. So we take that as our office role model for the apostle, the mega apostle, the micro apostle, the in the working and shipwrecked apostle like Paul, all right? The off-scouring apostle like Paul and myself, you know, apostles. It's not about us, our ministry. It's about him and many people who need to know about the Messiah. You know, there's a difference between the, he will not judge by the sight of this, the eye and the Pharisee, the accuser, you know, LP Pharisee type. He will not accuse or judge. He wouldn't stand there and think, you know, I saw, I think I saw Sister Susie talking to a man and, you know, probably committing adult, you know, all that. That, <laughs> oh, that is the LP, Levitical Patriarch. That's the lowly, that is the Old Testament law taken over to when the accuser of the Christ, Jesus' worth nightmare, the new move of God, they wouldn't leave. They badgered him, hounded him, betrayed him, targeted him, just like they do every new move. It looks like this kind of leak, that spirit that is not sent from above. Envy, turf guarding, fear, 
ignorance, sly. Wow, doesn't look like my Jesus, my Messiah, especially Isaiah 11, 2 and 3. So we can say we note the fruit. We note the true fruit by knowing more about Jesus, that he wasn't a religious posturing hypocrite or Pharisee. We notice the fruit of Paul. Before he was saved and miraculous, got a vision past the Torah, the law. He had been raised the opposite, just like the Pharisees, just like the LP type fruit, back under the law, big boss. He had been raised named Saul. Saul is the accuser spirit, like King Saul to David, the new move back then. Blind, sour, enmity, whatever it is. Self-scared, rivalry, you know, sometimes you don't even know it. Your spirit knows it, or your flesh knows it, or your soul, you know, people have issues, issues. So in the Old Testament, we have the Old Testament Saul, the accuser of David, the psalmist, right? The anointed David. And then in the New Testament, we have the accuser Saul, who was blinded by his zeal for the law. I'm going to get on good, God's good side. You know, I'm going to do what God says, no matter what, because it was about works, his own righteousness, his acts of doing the letter of the law. You know, the letter of the law kills in the New Testament Christian sense. So Paul, before he met the Lord as a first love savior, he was doing his best. He really did try to do what was right. But he was the murderous Saul under the law Torah, and he went after the new work, the first church, churches. So that spirit is still here. It's still here warring against God's move. Same type of spirit, evil eye, false, moving, false authority, you know, using not even going to any lengths like, let's say, Jezebel and Ahab versus Elijah. The prophet Elijah was a new move. He wanted God's move in the nation for the whole nation, the Hebrew nation. However, he was opposed violently, repeatedly, incessantly targeted by the set-in-place religious power of the system of his day, the elite, the fine, and the turf-guarding, skilled Ahab and Jezebel. You know, Ahab and Jezebel had their own network of false prophets. They all went after one person who symbolized something for that new day. However, God was not moved. Elijah wasn't moved. He just did what God said, and God came through and brought him down. Oh, so nobody wants to go, you know, we want to learn from all these lessons. There can be LP spirit with its fruit, divining, all-powerful, all-guarding its turf power and, you know, the false spirit ambition it could be well-intentioned off doctrine it could be the python of control we're scared they're going to take our funding because if they take turf our turf our people will go there that's as old as i can ever remember in ministry you know sad to say but we can't go there now it's too late 
It's time for the move of God, for the Lord, and for the last day's harvest. It's time for eternity instead of turf. I've never been not for for eternity. My whole whole ministry, when I had been in Virginia and got the call, and was married, and I had always gone to the heart of the city with pastors before LP came, before pastors and with pastors and leaders and the the white and the black got together and they repented and they repented for slavery and they repented for denominationalism. And it was urban, suburban, citywide prayer. And I helped pray it in, you know, on the team to be a part of that. I never knew, I would have never known at that day that it would look like this in our country or it looked like this in ministry where you can't even go to get in with certain parts of the Lord on assignment to love them, to want to be a part of, you know, visit or just be in their worship without now occult, witchcraft, evil eye targeting, and plenty of people endorsing. Like, that's the way you do it now. This is us. We are arrived. We know more than even the Lord. They don't know the Lord. That's why it's gotten off. So now instead of the now, instead of visiting the fellowship of the saints, except in the beloved, you know, blah, 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 fellowship with the saints, go fellowship. Oh, no, you're going to the bastion of false teaching. You're going to go to the bastion if you walk on the property and you don't and you don't know it and you don't realize that they're looking for types. They're looking for flaws. They're looking for devils. Uh, they've lost their way. <laughs> Jesus Christ's methods, his way, Paul's methods. Instead, they've gone backwards like Paul chastened the Galatians ministers, the leaders of the church of Galatia. He says, who bewitched you? You've gone back into law. Who bewitched you? Who fooled you? Now you are acting in a controlling, witch-like, projecting your accusation on our national prophets that you can't recognize if they're not your style. And let me say this. This has been a targeted... I'm not a victim. I am so pleasant. I mean, I'm a Baptist at heart, Catholic at heart. I mean, the kind that's a denomination that really likes people, not looking for flaws. But I did not know. I was not told when I was sent on assignment to study the Book of Acts groups, Holy Spirit, starting in the 90s in certain kinds in our nation, that I would find that God would reveal it to me and wanted me to see it, to teach on it and discuss it and stir it up. I would never have known that I would have to mention that after I've started, and I am in servant leadership. I am the most approachable, just talk to me. If you think I'm evil, witch-like, for sitting there in James 3.17, calm, polite, and respectful, like I do anywhere I've ever been in my life, then you are projecting accusation because of your false teaching, and you are the opposite of the Christ right now. This is silent, demonic, targeting certain kinds that come through the doors. So on behalf of that, we're not selling for it. We're rebuking it. We're calling it out to 
get its heart right and a pure heart in your doctrine. If you need theological counsel, I move in the same flow. I move in the same realm, but I know how to do it without the warfare. See what you're doing now. People are doing. These are Caucasian. They've gotten too achieved. They've gotten to you know achievement. They've lost the. It's more about the gift and being right and precise and perfectionism. And I think a Western European, that might be a tendency in certain groups. It could be in Asia, it could be in African, but really, I keep noticing in the red state, we colonials, which I'm not a colonial, was on my mom's side, but I, my dad's, I was servant leader, or whatever. I, I can identify and because I've been in it, and I need it. There's nothing wrong with. The people that are pure-hearted and not in the wrong doctrine, not have slipped from Holy Spirit into self-righteous divining and lost the pure, simple, let's just love people when they walk up and respect them, treat them as peers until proven otherwise. So the issue is that when you go into a fellowship and it turns out to be a bastion, and then you get targeted on type. I do it for black people too. I love them. I'm not mad. But it is a cult spirit. That's what this is. A cult spirit targets. People that don't have a cult spirit don't do that. It is an occult, self-righteous spirit in too many of these. A lot of it is toxic. But anyway, I... I'm so happy. I don't want to ruin my joy. So I meant to really stay. I meant to stir it up. I really do. It's time to cast it out. <laughs> it really does. Casting down all high imaginations. And remember, as a prophet, we got to keep an even keel more like the master. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2 says in the old days, God, you did speak to us through his prophets in diverse manners. The axe head float, the prophet spoke, and the bears came out and ate the youth who mocked his bald head. All those unusual things. All right. God used that because only a few could hear God on behalf of the people and the leaders. But in these days, Hebrews 1-2 says, Now God speaks to us through his son, the prophet, as the, the prophet. All right. That means Jesus Christ has come as our Savior to cleanse us from our sin, to heal us from all our wounds, forgive us for all our stuff occult and self-righteousness, underachieving, overachieving, whatever. However, he gives us the paraclete, the comforter, the helper, as our own way of hearing from God, communing, hearing back, being led of the Spirit, and getting a word from the Lord, a prophet, or a person who encourages or gives a word, you know, word of knowledge, word of knowledge. So there is a different method. God uses his son as the prophet, role model, apostle of the first church. He was not spooky. He was not clandestine. He was not occult fault finding. He did not set up people in the ministry to target strangers because he wasn't a weak wimp. They had power and might back then. They did. So I think a lot of people are brave, but they've lost their way in ministry. Now it's a club or that's maybe a lot have arrived. A lot have paid a price. I believe they paid their dues. 
but now it's turf, hard one turf. But you have to realize that that happened to the first church of Ephesians, church of Ephesus, and they got rebuked for that. Church of Ephesians, church of Ephesus and Revelation 2, when it comes to mind with all these people, this is a huge movement. The LP movement, good people. You can have great talent, great people, but you can get off all of us. All right. Not all are off in this, but listen, whoa, I wouldn't mention it. God had told me purposely during the 45, 46 years, he told me to study the body and the leadership around the nation and their doctrine. He said, Tavo, if you come across something that hurts people when you just show up for no reason, you know, you're just being sent to know the movement. If you find something that happens to you or somebody else in your presence that hurts people or God's good safe name three times or more, that is my sign to you, Tavo, that I'm calling you to something I see a lot of it. You are to teach on it. That's why I'm doing it. This is giant. It is truly enormous. It is enormous. All right. And it says, it's said in steel, they, when you walk in, they own the book of Acts. And some of these within this group, they own you. If you're a white female or some kind of person, they don't quite understand your vibe. So we're just really trying to get the move of God going strong and everybody everybody do their you know whatever god wants so we have to say there is not there's such a thing as division divide and conquer i'm not dividing i have never done i've never talked about them i've never prayed against them targeted them fought fine no i don't do that they do these do so we now train them the leaders Divide and conquer is a huge ploy to keep the move of God going. It would be, again, like elite Ahab and Jezebel and their false prophet network coming against the move of God and Elijah who wanted the nations. Repentance. The nation to, you know. So we have to analyze it. You can listen to this. You can heed some of it, throw it out, whatever you want to do. I'm submitting it as a sila to confront it for the nation's sake. And I teach the book of Acts. I'm sent there. That's, I guess, how I understand it because it's just for showing up. I, it manifests and I know for a fact that I must have a deliverance ministry of it, that thing. All right. So we don't want to be known as the weak, weak book of Acts people by using false doctrines to keep people to do our bidding or under control. Let's look at this great testimony about the Church of Ephesians. The Church of Ephesians, my, my favorite book about relationships and community, Seated in heavenly places. So many doctrinal points. Wrestling not against flesh and blood, against spiritual wickedness. All these things. Amazing things. Wives and husbands. Mutual submission and the fear of the Lord. All that. So I'm not angry for at people. I'm righteously concerned and upset on behalf of the people that won't want to go there. Or get targeted and abused and ruled and lied about. 
for showing up at famous, some of this group, and black people, because these are mostly all white. Don't stereotype these people. Do not, if you know them, just say, are they like the fruit that she mentions? And watch out. That's all. Pray for them. We forgive them. We're not mad, but we are not offended. They love to think that. And then they write you off. Oh, she's a, no, we are openly correcting and we are admonishing faithful are the wounds of a friend. Proverbs 27, 6, exhorting and warning, <laughs> prophetic, you know, warning because we care. When we look at the glorious, meaty, and hugely important book of Ephesians, Paul wrote, Asia Minor, Turkey, warfare, all the Gentiles and Romans and Asians and Africans and all the kind of melting pot of no church. First church, teeny little church, Temple Diana cult. Slavery, all sorts of hedonism, all this stuff. So Paul is there, sent to write to them. And we can read six hugely big chapters and think, wow, what a book, what a church that must have been. And you're right. What a church that was mighty, famous, book of Ephesians. But guess what? Something happened with all their progress and warfare in ministry. The church leadership must have got tired, presumptive. They owned it all. They knew it all. I don't know. But by the time Book of Revelation comes and John the Apostle is on that aisle, having been boiled in oil by, by the brethren, probably. I don't know. Anyway, excuse me. So there he is, and he gets the Holy Spirit download of the seven letters to the seven lampstands, the seven churches that were then on God's mind. The first one. The first one is the Church of Ephesians. Wow, the Church of Ephesus. What happened? Let's ask everybody to think. What really happened between Ephesians' book and the letter warning them they're about to remove. What happened? Well, we know from Ephesians it was rough, very rough. They paid their dues. They laid, laid down their lives, for the suffered for the cross, and all sorts of learning curves and disparaging situations in ministry. But they kept on going. But by the time they got to, you know, Ephesians, to, uh, Revelation 2, this is what the paraphrase is that the Lord a bone to pick with these people. All right. They said, he said, the Holy Spirit, yes, I agree. You have done hard work. You've had warfare. You've done all these things and suffered, but you've lost your first love. You've lost the whole perspective, the meaning of why you're doing it, why I gave you the ministry, why I gave you my ministry, you know, that type of thing. Even you're going as far as setting up false teaching, the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which God hates, to control the people, to big boss them around. Oh, doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which the Lord hates. Now, years ago, I, in 2010, Murphy, Texas, sometime, I googled about the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. I've seen this then. 
And so the doctrine of the Galatians was the first church doctrine, the first doctrine that tried to come and corrupt the church, which was to control the people. Nico means Nike to control. Laos means the people. So it could mean anything, but I'm going to tell you what I read back then, but I've experienced a lot of this, so I have a little more wisdom, including occult. You know, it could have been, could have not back then. Posturing, mesmerizing, all that today. You know, a lot of that type of stuff. Force, evil eye, scaring people into submission, and good works, all these things. So, doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which the Lord hates. And that doctrine is mentioned another time in one of the other seven letters, but I won't go there. Alright, so we look at what could be a reason that they would set up doctrines of the Nicolaitans that control people. I see now, what I've seen is, oh, we're tired, we're blasé, we know the formula, we know how to get them to move them in, move them out, keep our supply, make a system as well. A lot of things. Get our team to target them, pray them off the property. False authority. Praying people off the property, targeting people is false. Occult witchcraft. That is just a tiny bit. You can have it in denominational churches. You can have black churches and white churches and all kinds of churches in between. It's control. But I'm looking because I'm emissary trying to help Make Holy Spirit fear of the Lord and loving and draw people for them, you know, so they will have a great future in the future church. You know, this is and not have control because I personally, I have distanced myself. It is dysfunction. You cannot go as a whole person, a pure hearted person and know that you're being divined. And targeted, and you know they're spooked out easily. They size you up as because your look, your age, your gender, whatever it is, as a type, and it misogyny. Whoa, more than three times around the nation. And I think of African Americans, if I feel it as a prophet sent by now, I never did it, I never had it that I knew about in Virginia. This was starting in Dallas and Mega, but now I have. I cut my teeth on it, and I can feel it right off. It's big boss, Phariseeism. A lot of it nouveau riche. I was not nouveau riche. Okay, the issue is, we want to do better. We can. Why are we tolerating a Jezebel spirit? It is a Jezebel spirit. Why? It wants its turf. How does a prophet... The founder of a movement, which is this, Cross Body Unity, Book of Ephesians 4, for the body, unity. How does a person not know, as a leader, how to handle any person, any doctrine, any false teaching group that is controlling God's move at any level? You get out your Bible and you read. And some of the things will be related to you, such as to me, Church of Thyatira. Church of Thyatira said to the lampstand leader, this is a lampstand leader, Tavo, why do you tolerate that Jezebel false talk doctrine that targets and lies and tries to force you out? And why? And I say, I don't. <laughs> 
I don't tolerate it. I confront it. And that's what this is doing on behalf of many. The leadership in the body of Christ who do not do it, who do not control, and the ones who try to control them that do not do it. So I could say, as I laugh with the, it's so weird, and so I marvel at it, frankly. This is not a big boss, but this is a big, will not be bossed by the big boss. <laughs> it really is. I had to learn how not to be controlled by this, through this. And it's in our region. It is polite. It can be dysfunctional, but still polite, or it can be manic. It's all kinds of personalities that do this. It is a subtle, genteel, she's not under authority. You're not You're not submitted to the local pastor. Oh, we caught you. We caught you in sin. You're a church hopper. That is part of this, really is. Oh, I heard that she's, he, he's not submitted. Oh, yeah, that's the water cooler talk. That's the good old boys and the good old gals. Rumoring and pot, not confronting. Well, um, let me ask you. Uh, I see you're going to a couple of different churches. I see you admit different movements. Of course, I'm there. I wouldn't see you myself, you know. I see you, and I heard this about you. Let me ask you in person to verify. That's the way you do it. Matthew 18.15, meet Galatians 6.1. That's how I do it. If it is your business, pastor, minister, office leader, famous or not, male or female. If it is your business, then they would be under your, signed on officially, not just visiting, but signed on your membership dotted line saying they want your authority to speak into their life. All right. If they are, then you are to, under your authority, your family, in your friendship circle, hanging out with them, your blessed group, they are signed on your fellow ministry fellowship. They are officially under you. Then you can go and you should go, but you do it politely, civilly, Bible wise. Matthew eighteen fifteen. You make an appointment one to one, face to face, privately confront them. If you're scared, Matthew eighteen sixteen. Take somebody with you. If you're really scared, if you're you know. Also, to confirm that, Paul mentors meekly leadership going one-to-one -to, -one to correct somebody in a private humility and meekness so that the same sin that you accuse them of is not going to be on you later. So I would never, I've never, I have never met such a lack of fear of the Lord in these groups. This is the lack of the fear of the Lord. There's no relationship. It's about their authority control. It's about them being over everybody. That's what Levitical Patriarch is. To me, I have never been around it till I got in the the dross of the prophetic movement. And I don't think Jesus Christ cares as much about our authority and being submitted to a human local pastor as he does about meeting Jesus and letting Jesus start to have a relationship convict them get them in the Bible so they can hear who to pick as a pastor, want to go back. But I don't think um, a lot of people that are surrounded by their handlers, surrounded in their progress, surrounded in their process, have any knowledge outside their, really their keyhole, their keyhole of their own field. And that's why I'm serving you. I'm honoring you. I'm respecting you big boss to know 
There are things that God has doing that you don't know about all. And a lot of it is misogyny that blocks you. And a lot of it is bias. A lot of it is your economy that keeps you doing this. So let me help you. Just spare you and maybe your lives. Because as I've said many times, I keep reading things that tie into this. You know, like failing to discern the body of Christ correctly. It brings down two curses because you have no love. You just judge and criticize. And you openly mock them and all this stuff, complain about them. But you've never met. You fail to discern the body of Christ correctly. You can bring down, which watching lists, God forbid, you can bring down two curses. You die young. You're ill. You don't know why. That's in the Bible. What does it say? I wondered about this one. I'm not sure. It says there's a rebuke in the Bible, New Testament. If you call your brother or sister a fool, Raka, it's the same that brings you close to hell's fires. I wonder if you call people witches, it's the same. Without speaking to them. Without knowing any facts. You gotta work on yourselves, body. It is just... It's more like taking up a cross to go to your charismatic Caucasian, this kind only. You take up your cross, you put on your blood of Jesus. You think, do I dare go? Are they going to try to come at me? <laughs> read my back, read my mind, probe me with a psychic, demonic, supernatural, gone awry. Are they going to fake it till they make it again? <laughs> and that's why I'm, I'm complaining it is aggressive. It is an aggression. Harassment for this office person who knows more and is so approachable, so sweet, easily and treated jolly. You don't have a much more. When I know my Bible about prophets, all right, Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, 2 says you got to act like Jesus. All right. These people, a lot of these people are back in the Old Testament, the finger-pointing prophet. You know, they have books written. Yeah, you could, you should excuse the black and white thinking prophet. You know, they're like cavemen. They're going to they're gonna correct you and be, you know, and they're going to be doing it right because they were like the Old Testament. No, no, no. You're going to be like Jesus. You're off believing that. There's no excuse for rude. There's no excuse for judging people. There's no excuse for holier, you know, than thou targeting. That is Old Testament. We're now in Jesus' day. You've got to act like Jesus. Hebrews 1, 2. Also, Hebrews 1, 2 leads me as an office prophet teacher to Hebrews 1, 9. Jesus Christ, the office prophet, had joy. He was joyful. And I have joy. I really do. I really have joy. These are not. They're stealth, seeking sin. Maybe they need delivered. <laughs> and I've delivered them. I hope I can deliver them. Hebrews 10, excuse me, Hebrews 1 9 said that Jesus Christ was anointed with the oil of joy and gladness above his fellows. That means you could go down the road, see all these people with Jesus, and there's just one man that's sort of, wow, what in the world is with him? He looks so joyful. That's Christ, our Jesus. Where are we? We're looking for sin, you know. I wonder if they're submitted. I wonder if they're out of order. I wonder if I can control them and get them in my movement and then they support me. <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it sounds like. All right. So we got to go back and rend our hearts, not just our garments, our hearts. Jesus Christ 
had the oil of joy and gladness because of a condition of his heart, his pure heart. He loved what was righteous, but he wasn't self-righteous, holier than thou. He loved righteousness and he hated iniquity. It's probably written the other way. He hated iniquity. He hated the sin condition of people's hearts. It wore them out. It brought them down. It killed them off. They went to hell. They went to poverty. They went to oppression, sickness. He hated the sin, abuse, trafficking, all that. He hated it, but he didn't hate them. And he wasn't a finger pointer, patrician, knowing, you know, like bow and scrape, you know, you know, you, you evil harlot, you evil church hopper, you evil. That's Levitical patriarchism right there. That's Phariseeism. Like the Pharisees, like Paul used to be when he was Saul. That is it. That is self-righteousness. So Jesus Christ, hey, go to church or don't go to church. That's your call. You hear from God. Hey, listen, after all this, you need to hear from God. Give you our permission. After all this domination, after all the dysfunction, after it's being hard, getting hardly called a harlot for showing up or a witch or whatever they do, these people, this kind of group, is so blind and dull. This group across the nation, many people in this group are Isaiah 520. Woe, you call good evil. And evil good. That is these. This is the fault founding crowd. It is. So Jesus Christ openly rebuked these and warned these people in three separate occasions, tossing over their money, temple changers, the system, Matthew 21, 13, and 12 and 13. Twice, Matthew 23, the whole chapter in red letters, an open rebuke on the public hillside, not sneaking around gossiping. Not at the water cooler with all the disciples and apostles saying, you know, you know, I heard they're out of, you know, they're out of order and they're doing the, no, he just let them have it. And that's the right way. He respected them. He valued them enough to let them know they weren't right because God was going to remove them or at least they'd burn in hell. God forbid. I'm not saying that about these people, but I don't know. I'm saying the word of the Lord and the message is for whomever knows they need it. This is the messenger. The third one is the most troubling about this group. False authority. Matthew 7, Jesus read letters 7, 21 through 23 says that on the last day when it's too late and everybody's eager to get into heaven, all these people, Jesus will say to some, certain ones of these in ministry, Christian ministry, he will say, Depart. Oh, they will come up and say, Jesus, didn't we do all these works in your name? Didn't we prophesy? Didn't we lay hands on people? Didn't we suffer? Didn't we do all this stuff for you? And Jesus will say, out from me. Depart. I never knew you, you who work lawlessness. When you re investigate lawlessness in ministry, it means iniquity, which is sin. But it also means... It means, if you look at Bibles, strong, strong Bible concordance, it means false authority. You who used false authority. And when I notice that, if you look at who he rebukes, what groups Jesus Christ targets, in that one passage, Matthew 7, it says he targets books of Acts. 
didn't you prophesy, didn't do signs and wonders in your name. So false authority can be a big topic, but it can be a big hoop to do if you are mesmerizing, competing, turf guarding, undermining, sly, withstanding certain kinds of groups or people or males or females. If you're posturing and using your fierceness to scare them off, you know, emotional abuse as well. So there is such a level of authority that only God knows it all. Occult authority power out of place, all these things. What we don't want is anyone to go down. We don't. What we don't want is anyone to be over all of us. <laughs> there is such a teaching. I don't know if it's how wide it's giant. This to me is one of the topics I have run across that keeps, but you know, why they're over you when you walk in the door and they don't want to know you, they just want to own you. And then they monitor you because they're, you're theirs. Is it the apostles in the gates of the city teaching that years ago, CI, C. Peter Wagner, I believe, rest his soul, he's in heaven, a dignified gentleman. I don't say he did this. I say he, somebody, NCI, I think, came up with it. But let me say this. I know just because they write it and it's well read and all these things doesn't mean he really said how they took it. So I'm not going to come against or accuse C. Peter Wagner or the highest ups in CI. I'm saying I'm down here with the people that say they're under them. These do it <laughs> a lot. Mean they were. You know, they're good people. They have got rocks of steel religion all right not all so is there a group that says we are the gates of the city apostles that teaching because i was there one night in virginia years ago decades ago when that book was read and then i thought that's what we're seeing around this rural area good old boy area Oh, they think they are over everybody. What to me, the gist of it is, I don't mean to be ugly, but I mean to stir it up. Freedom. What it was, it seems like there's a group that says, a pastors that says, of Christians, God has chosen certain ones, only certain ones, to be over all the others in the gates of the city. Now listen. If you're like Paul, that great, you'd be under the gates of the city as an off-scarag apostle. You would be under them for your humility, all right? All right? So to be over anybody, that could lead to pride, ego, carnal flesh, thinking, oh, we're proud, we're over and we're better, superior, which is false off authority. And that's what has happened. If you're over everybody... <laughs> You don't have to brag about it. <laughs> if you're over anybody, here's what I think. I would say if, if somebody, if they want to take this and give a little bit of grace to that teaching. It has created so much abuse and jumping people. I've been abused by it. Literally. Jumped. Targeted. That's what started me getting, you know. I don't say they took it right. I'm saying this is what they got out of it. On behalf of themselves. Do we want them to be protected by God's grace? Yes. But we want to correct false teaching. Because people are affected. You're toying with people at the front, front gates of the church. 
who come in innocent. Let's put it this way. So if you think you're over the gates of the city, this is what I could see is a there. This is I'm not endorsing that. I'm not accepting that. That is wrong. God would never die, send Jesus to die and leave one group, white group only, <laughs> over everybody else. That is false teaching. All right. He wouldn't leave anybody black over everybody, anybody brown, anybody what, male or female. We'd all goof it up. Only Christ. That's why we need each other to evaluate doctrine, not believe it all. Not take on superstitions of other moves and think you're it. It's a superstition by some. It accuses many. It's generally all white. LP. Puffed up. Knowledge puffs up. It's puffed up. I I analyzed it because it was so, and so, whatever, many levels of thinking on that. I thought, well, yeah, there are some, if they because these people are skilled, high up realm seers, office seers. But that's a free gift. That didn't mean you are over everybody. That didn't mean your own people. That didn't mean you are are so hot that you are that means you were given a grace gift be careful with it but to me high up realm of knowledge or skill or flair is not character love respect at the grassroots not being biased mean misogynist respect your mother love your wife love your husband it is not the same as all you're knowing and seeing in the realm of the seer. I do the same. I'm exactly the same. But I don't have to go there. I really feel we have a lot to leave when we leave this earth. Legacies. But listen, a lot of it is just fear-based. It's discouraging. It's biased. It's minimizing. It's fault-finding. It's reprobate it is reprobate steel and concrete and that's why i'm dealing with it we don't want anybody to be surprised that they moved in false authority and didn't get warned about it by Matt, by jesus in matthew 7 we don't want anybody to have their lampstand removed big or small or great no apostle we don't want that but we're warning you. Lost first love is this. All of this. All of it. Priorities off. Not first church, but our turf. Our church. Okay? We don't want anyone to think, Oh, why am I ill? I died young. Why? Because I failed to discern the body of Christ correctly. Everyone is a leader until proven otherwise. Everybody's equal. Famous or not, shortcomings or not, they're equal. God loves them. But we're all together in a community, his community, and it should not be we-centric. We are the world-centric colonial. It should not be all black or all brown, all white, all big boss or all, you know. It should be reverential in the holy fear of the Lord like Ephesians 4, walking it out in meekness and lowliness and long-suffering, endeavoring to keep the bonds of peace together and knowing the common doctrine to transform community. That's all this is about. It really is. So if you want to get on your high horse, 
You want to get all knee-jerk reaction. Oh, yeah, it's a woman. Law. Oh, yes, she's mean. She's not sweet like baby Jesus. No. I'm like Jesus, grown-up, mature, level-headed. Concerned for your safety, frankly. Your safety. Concerned for the dross that is keeping people not knowing who Jesus is, the mixture. Ishmael. This is for the book of Acts. Reproving, correcting, admonishing for the heart of the Lord, not the heart of the bias to be seen. It really is. Let me put it this way. I do not have to do this. I don't have to. I like doing it because I know I feel a heart. I suffered for people knowing. I suffered to learn this knowing the hard way. Wow. How animosity this is toward new people that don't know that want to know about the Lord that it's ambition ambition nobody's ever come against me ever unless it was this kind of ambitious Christian dysfunctional ambitious they can't see an Elijah a mother in Christ from the opposition who's trying to do something evil that is just so sad. You know, we want to be faith-filled, not ego-filled. We want to be faithful, but not full of us. There is ambition, control, and pride at the root of all that I've taught. All of this stuff. The, dis the dysfunctional mixture is all practically only abnormal. <laughs> psychologically off and it is the spiritual roots of pride demonic pride haughty pride ambition and then leviathan 40 job 41 leviathan pride it's very sneaky hard to discern you can read the different fruits it's tough to to understand it it's that biggest snake it is python who's got a grip like Jezebel and Ahab on all new movements that don't they, that don't resemble them. And I wonder, it is white, and I think, is it, like Satan, a narcissist movement? Skilled, gifted, knows it, brilliant, perceptive, beyond, but does it know it? Is it narcissist by now? Tough. Harder than you'd ever want to know. And I do not have to go there. I don't have to allow it to abuse, to target, to read me, to defile me as any kind of person who is a godly person just trying to show up at Hebrews 10.25 anymore. And right now, I want to warn you, you who covet to be like the Most High God, if I look in the Garden of Eden, Satan came down after being the top gifted worship leader, the most extravagant beauty with instruments and jewels sewed into his body. And he was the most high talented of all, yet it went to his head. And he started to think, it, you know, I'm just as good as God, competition. He tried to, he, he went around and so discord among the brethren like these are doing. 
he didn't, he thought, I'm going to just secretly plot a mutiny of angels, fallen angels to target God, and I'm going to take his place. So God knew that he's wiser, a big boss of all the big bosses, and he cast him down into the garden, and he came out manifesting an accuser, a snake. The snake crawling on its belly. And he was so mad at God that he targeted God. My opinion now. This is my opinion. He targeted God thinking, you know what? There's this woman. I'm going to beguile her. And I'm going to start bringing down God's plan for the world. God has it set up so beautiful. I'm mad at that. I can't be him. But I can poison his plan. And he did. He tried to. So let's make this straight. Jesus is the way. He is the vine. But he prunes vines. He prunes vines to bring them to produce better fruit. All right. So if we don't want to be pruned, sometimes God will say, judge yourself so I don't have to bring judgment upon you. And we want that. I would like to say that I know my Bible because of this very well about males and females, Adam and Eve, Jezebel's uh, chain of command, authority. I know that. And I am a pure authority. I also know that we are Galatians 1, 1 and 2, not it sent out by any one group or any one person. I and the Lord that are with me to be freedom, like Paul. And that makes me your comrade, you know, your, your um, collaborator, your resource. But I'm not over you as a person, a female. I'm along with you. But, however, I'm not under anybody either. Not under you, LP. Why? Because you don't have any love. You have no, not, you're all law. Uh, when I feel I teach freedom in Christ, I'm very respectful to the old, the other moves. I really am. I believe in keeping the cross very important, central. I believe in keeping no bias in relationship very important as the top. Uh, you can move in the gifts all you want, sway back and forth, but if you don't love somebody and respect the neighbor next to you or the pastor or the people that come, you're no good. You know, you're not doing right. So I can teach on it if you have any questions on that. Adam and Eve in the garden. All right, Adam and Eve, chain of command. Adam was told before Eve came, don't eat that fruit by himself. No Eve. Eve must have known about it because the time they were, you know, spouses in the garden, then she was deceived. And when Adam willfully in, took it and put it in his mouth, he willed it. He didn't, wasn't deceived. So when God comes, chain of command to respect the head of home, head of planet, which was Adam. He comes and he says, Adam, where are you? He doesn't say, Adam, where are you? That'd be a finger point in Pharisee, or LP. He says, Adam, where are you? Not Eve, where are you? He honored the chain of command, which I honor men. And he dealt with Adam first. It was Adam who then tried to duck and avoid God, blame shift, and started to accuse Eve, the mother of the, you know, first wife the mother of his children, he started to accuse Eve and say, well, you know, it was that woman you gave me. She made me eat. No, he willfully partook. We have got to go back and trace this pre-law teaching, really do, to have a more compassionate and more mature view, emotionally healthy view of males and females. 
when I look at the same principle of sly looking, taking advantage, women are gullible, you know, they're, you know, there's, it's because you've trained them and expect them and you put them down so long now they are that way. It's my job and joy to correct this. Bring people up to make them equal, chain of command. All right. Next, if you know your Jezebel lore, which is taught by the crowd that focuses and loves to find them on strangers, same group, I research that as well. Same thing. First Kings, First King, oh yeah, the, already talked about Church of Thyatira, the pastor and leader taught person is supposed to say, why do you tolerate the Jezebel? Go and confront them and set them out. So I do. The first part was Second Kings 16, the kings in the nation of Israel. Omri was the worst Baal worshiper. He was the father of Ahab. All right, Omri was the worst. He was raised as a king around the law. Do not worship Baal, but he did. Then Adam comes, and excuse me, not Adam, but Ahab comes, and he is even a worse Baal worshiper than his father. And he intentionally does it willfully. He's not, it's his choice. He knows because he's taught around the principles of the Hebrews and the law. Do not worship Baal, any false idols, and do not marry outside the Hebrew faith, which he does anyway. So rebelliously, his choice, he goes over, Ahab does, goes over, and he asks permission of King Ethbaal for his daughter's hand. Now, King Ethbaal sounds like Baal. It is. <laughs> and you know, a daughter would be demonic. She'd never been around the law. The Jewish women were taught law, you know, the rules, submit, you know, you know, being respectful. So she was demonic, bossy, but he chose her intentionally, like Adam chose to do it. He took her back and he could have still said, oh, I repent before the Lord. I married outside the faith. I send her back. He didn't. So together, the dynamic duo did great damage, tried to kill, character assassinate, and brutalize the move of God on Elisha. And that is what I'm withstanding. This is what I have been withstanding. I keep repeatedly withstanding it. If it's out there and it knows me and prays against me, occult witches. They're just now, don't call them prophets, just say they're witches until they repent, unless they repent. It's ego and precision we're gonna make sure we get it we're gonna be... it's like the devils the false prophets of Baal you know the false 850 that's how many there are at least <laughs> but I'm free I'm free I'm not moved by it let them tear themselves cut themselves with pottery in frustration Lena Suska the old oh you know we were doing our best to do damage no God won't let you but you better watch it yourself. It is a giant deal. And I would not have known it had not been for God. It is a giant deal for this group. It is a giant deal. So if you don't receive it, that is your choice. If it meant, I would say this because I do care for people, the humans, many tremendous ones. I would say only to any message I ever speak, write or say, video, audio, whatever. Only. If any shoe fits, should anyone wear it? That's all. 
Nobody has to do it. Nobody. I love people. I care for you. I respect them. And I'm not mean. I'm not mean. I really am not. God is good. His mercy endures, but he is not dysfunctional. This is dysfunctional. Big Boss is dysfunctional. That kind of ministry is dysfunctional. I am not dysfunctional. But I didn't know about this kind of stuff because I wasn't raised around this dysfunction. Now I know, and I can teach on it, train it, deliver it. God bless. Bye-bye.